You're listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to the SPNY podcast on Apple Podcasts, Apple Google Play, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Now, today on the Sports Blog New York podcast, I'm joined by my guys, the NBA Outsiders themselves, John Lucas Duffy and Frank Villani. We're back in 2020 with our first episode of the year. It feels good. It feels right. Hopefully a big year to come. And if you like what you've been hearing on the SBNY podcast, don't be bashful. Go on to the iTunes Apple Podcasts app. Hit the subscribe button. Drop in five stars and let us know what you think about the podcast, what you want to hear more of, what you like, what you don't like, or even some sports takes. And we will get back to you and talk to you about that stuff on the pod. Um, today we talk NBA and a couple of big things happening, including Zion Williamson's return. Well, actually not return, but debut. In the NBA this Thursday, he's expected to make his first ever NBA regular season appearance, and we're excited, and you should be too. It is a very big day for the NBA to have Zion return, and I'm sure the Pelicans are excited as well, even though they've been playing fantastic without Zion. Got another win Monday night. Uh, <laughs> talk about a burst of energy to build off the momentum, uh, the, the most anticipated prospect in some years to come back and make his debut a little bit late, but better late than never, in my opinion. Also, we talked about the Utah Jazz and their hot streak, which has just been incredible to watch, seeing what they were able to pull off in the Western Conference and uh, climbing the way up the standings. We also did a new segment called Standings Standouts, where we highlighted the teams where we saw um, had either the most interesting last 10 games or maybe the next most interesting 10 games coming up. Nonetheless, the teams that excited us or stood out to us in good or bad ways where they needed to be highlighted, they needed to be talked about, about what's been happening or what's about to go down. But the NBA is starting to really hit its stride. Obviously, the NFL just went down. We have the um, Packers and the Niners and not the Ravens, not the Ravens, but the Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans coming up next week. We also had the national championship game. LSU victorious as you will hear I made Duffy and Frank make their predictions before the game started while we recorded this podcast and uh you'll see who was right um hate to say it unfortunately not me not me this time but it's all good it was a fun game even though LSU did out physical Clemson and did handle that game most of the second half despite a very exciting first half uh it was good stuff congratulations to coach oh Joe Burrow and that whole LSU crew but again, Sports Blog New York Podcast. Hopefully you like what you're hearing. Subscribe, rate, review. Looking forward to a fantastic year, 2020. Big things to come right here. Again, Pete Kennedy and you. Now, all you have to do, sit back, relax. Stay tuned. Here we go, Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Joining me today, my two co-hosts, the first podcast of 2020 for the NBA Outsiders, my man, John Lucas Duffy. What's good? Petey, what up? What up? Glad to have you in Jersey. That's it. I'm officially a Jersey boy again, I should say, because at one point, all three of us were Jersey boys as we uh, you know, attended <laughs> the College of New Jersey, but now Shut Frank up. and I were back in New York. I am now back in New Jersey. It's a little strange, I must say. But Frank, Volani, 2020, how you living? 
We live in large, baby. My check, my check. Ooh. Hello, hello, Ooh. returning podcast sound fans. How do I sound, dude? Oh my gosh, Frank, is that is that? What are you? Where are? Where are you right now? Are you home? I'm home, Frank dude. Rented out studio space. Oh man. <laughs> 2020, we got new sound here on the Sports Blog New York podcast. And Duff, let your brother know he can listen again, even though he still listens, even if he said he wasn't gonna. Uh, that Frank sounds crisp. <laughs> As a fucking old sweet potato Lay's chip. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to give me shit because I'm the one who sounds terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But uh, happy 2020, everybody. We're like, what, two weeks? It's j- j- January 14th now when this podcast is coming out. A little bit later than we would have hoped for our first episode. But we're back here. The NBA Outsiders are going to be here to talk basketball with you guys all year long. We do not stop, and that's what it's all about. And uh, also, with a new year, we have a new player starting his time in the NBA. And that's Zion Williamson set to make his debut on Thursday night. Duff and Zion Frank, Williamson. Thursday ever night. Ever heard of him? Zion. <laughs> ever heard of him? For real. I, I never I haven't seen him play ever, but uh, we'll see. Um, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about something else that's happening in a similar place to New Orleans. Real quick, obviously, the national championship game Monday night. This podcast coming out on Tuesday, but we're recording it right before the national championship game. So I figured I'm going to put us in a terrible spot to make a one-sentence prediction on the game to record before the game happens. And then I'll record an intro later after the game, and I can make fun of us uh, to see how wrong we were. So, Frank, you're going to go first. LSU versus Clemson. The spread is uh, LSU minus four. What's your one-sentence prediction on this game that didn't happen yet, but will by the time someone hears your prediction? LSU is going to win by 10 points. Go Tigers. <laughs> Duff? Uh, do we? I, have, I said I had one question. Uh, do we know if Joe Burrow is going to come out with his name spelled properly or with the Cajun spelling? Ooh, I believe that probably will go against a violation to do it with the Cajun spelling today, though it's a missed opportunity by everybody involved. He, if he comes out and warms up in that jersey at least, tig- uh, I'm going LSU Tigers by a billion. Tigers. You, you have to say- exactly one billion points by <laughs> yeah. no less than one billion. You got to say Tigers, by the way. You can't say Tigers. You can't yeah, really go Tigers. You got to say Tigers. Dev with dreams go to die. Oh, man, that's great. I mean, I can't wait to watch this game. People listening already did, so we're going to go quick. Uh, My prediction is the team that has not lost in two years continues to not lose. Clemson, by seven, bring it home. Tigers, not Tigers. My big prediction for this game is that if LSU wins, Coach O will eventually become governor of Louisiana one day. <laughs> no, no, instantaneously, actually. Yeah, right <laughs> away. <laughs> All right, that's good stuff. Our predictions, uh, Duff with uh, Tigers by Tigers. a billion, Frank with a Tigers by seven, and me with the well, Tigers. No, no, no. If, if he comes out with the with Burrow, just O-W at the end, then Clemson. Oh! Oh! Wow! Oh, Jesus! It's all dependent on that. Like he, he really <laughs> it's a needs hardcore to, flop. To lay into, look, you got the whole, you got the whole field advantage. You got to lay into it. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I hope he ate some gumbo before the game too. Get real nice, nice hot sauce up in that belly yeah. to start running around. That's how you got to do down. it. Slow down real bad. <laughs> all right, you let's talk about the, let's talk about the other event that'll be exciting for people in New Orleans. Uh, and the Saints obviously are out. That's not good for them. But what's good for them? The people of New Orleans is Zion is back Thursday night, reported to make his de- NBA debut. We are very excited for that. But nonetheless, um, with Zion returning, the Pelicans have been pretty damn good lately. 
They're winning games. Lonzo Ball has been playing the best basketball of his career. Brandon Ingram is likely an all-star, if not definitely an all-star this year. He's playing that well. Derek Favors, actually, in return from injury, has given them a lot. The Pelicans are starting to look like that team so many people thought they could be before the season. So, Duff, Zion's coming back. The Pelicans are playing well now. Is everything starting to look right and normal for what we expected with the Pelicans? Or do you still have some pause about this whole Zion thing? Here's just something I want to point out to everyone. The Pelicans, I predicted, were going to make the playoffs before the season began. They are four games out of the eight seed. And they're like second that. to last right they're now? second to last in the West. And they are four games out of the eight seed. That's how ridiculous this season has been. Um, but I think they're they're seven and three in their last ten. I think they're this is what this team really is. Like when they have all their guys operating at maximum capacity, you just mentioned Lonzo Ball playing the best best basketball of his uh young NBA career. See, he's getting he, in the last nine games, last nine games, he's gotten like starter minutes, like no less than thirty. He's been averaging uh thirty-five minutes a game in the in the past nine games, uh seventeen points. Seven assists, seven rebounds, and a steal. That's like a baby LeBron, a 17-7-7. That's baby LeBron. Love that. And then he's, he's shooting 39% from three. 39% from three with his, with his reworked uh, jump shot he's got going on. And he's, and he's had a, a steal. Only two turnovers, which has been really good for him. So I'm really excited to see Lonzo Ball play this, well, play this way. And then in the past 10 games, Brandon Ingram, 25 points, Six rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half, a block, only three turnovers for for a guy who's not really known as like a, a ball handler, decision maker, shooting forty five percent from three in the past ten games. I mean, I, granted, those shooting numbers are off the charts. He probably isn't going to sustain that, but this team is clicking on all cylinders right now, and they have the young legs to really go up and down like Alvin Gentry wants. It's it's been really exciting to see this team start to trend up because it, it would look real bad for a while. Like Chris Vernon from the, the, the NBA, uh, the ringer NBA show, he always has that. Like, and we've talked about it on this pod. It's like uh, players learn to lose, right? They, they don't know how to win close games and all that stuff. Now it, it, it seems like they're starting to dig themselves out of that hole and really kind of figure some stuff out. I know this is coming off a 35 point loss to Celtics, but we're just going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that for now and give them the benefit of the doubt in in the year 2020. Frank, thoughts? Um, I definitely am intrigued by how well they've been playing lately. Definitely spearheaded by Lonzo. Um, I honestly didn't know his numbers were that good. I know that I've been seeing more highlights of him, so it definitely coincides with what you're saying. Um, I think Zion's going to be an injection of energy. Um, obviously, he pretty much is a human muscle that jumps really high. It's, you know, <laughs> at least that's what he was. Um, I guess I'm still, and I don't know why, but maybe it's just because I haven't seen him play in so long. I, I guess there still are some question marks about how well it will translate to, you know, regular season NBA and stuff. Cause I mean, it looked good in preseason and he still seemed to be, you don't know, don't overthink it, Frank. Don't overthink it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I am overthinking it. I'm just saying I'm intrigued enough. Like there's, there's no way, you're going to pull me away yeah. from the television on Thursday. Like I'm going to watch that game. Yeah. So. I think, I think I'm kind of with Frank though. Cause you're, you're not trying to say like, it's going to be a wreck or it's going to be terrible or whatever, or you're not trying to scare people, but you are trying to say like, this probably won't look perfect right away. 
Like, he's probably going to be on some sort of minutes restriction, which is probably smart and fair. Uh, and he probably won't look super-duper comfortable right away because he hasn't played an NBA game ever. Let, well, And if you count preseason, he's only played a couple, and they were, you know, whatever, three, four months ago. So I, I get what you're saying, Frank, and I'm kind of with you there. So I'm thrilled, completely thrilled, excited, cannot wait to watch Zion with this team. I think the one thing I look forward to this season – uh, maybe tied with any other storyline in the league is Al Eupes from Alonzo to Zion, and we can start to get that. But there's a good chance this doesn't look perfect right away. And we have a team that's kind of clicking, and a guy in Brandon Ingram who's getting more comfortable with the ball in his hand, and even though he has it a lot, Alonzo needs it a little bit, Drew Holiday needs it a little bit, and uh, where does Zion exactly fit in that? Now, granted, he does look like the type of guy who kind of does a lot without the ball in his hand, with the backdoor cuts, with screens, with all that stuff, but how is it going to fit? Do you think there's any issue with fit, Duff? Or are you just straight up excited about this? No, I think everyone's going to complement each other really well. Because like you said, Lonzo, Drew, uh, Ingram, like they all kind of need the ball in their hand to, to make something happen unless they're spot up shooting, which they're all pretty good at. You know, Drew Holiday is like the, the, more, the weaker link in that, and he's, he's still a decent three-point shooter for sure. So I think Lonzo is going to be a great fit, just rim running, rim, rim running. <laughs> setting screens he's going to be i think just so dynamic in the pick and roll like if they could turn in imagine if montrez harrell had like a four foot vertical how insane that would be yeah. like he's 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 just a little shorter than harrell but he jumps like a foot higher um which is I, crazy <laughs> which is just i don't i don't even know how that works um I'm stoked for this game. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to watch it live. I'm going to be at a Neil deGrasse Tyson astrophysicist show in at NJ Pack in Newark because my brother's a huge fucking nerd. So that's where I'll be. <laughs> Sounds like um, you're a nerd too, bro. Yeah. I, com- I mean, I committed to this. Like, obviously, I committed to this a while ago. You know what I mean? Well, like, I will. I, I will say this. I, I will say this. I don't know if this makes <laughs> How was me I supposed a nerd to know this or not. Gonna be his first game. I may or may not own a book of Neil deGrasse Tyson's, and uh, I Have said, I said own because I'm only like four chapters in, and I've had it for a year. But, <laughs> but I did buy the book Astrophysics for people in a hurry. And I'll tell you what, I am not a fast reader to begin with, but the amount of things to learn in this book. I had to read every page like four times. It took a, it took me a really long time to read four chapters, and that's why I'm just demoralized. It's demoralizing. Yeah, but I'm that's just- when you just you just got to start reading at that point, but not for comprehension. Just to say, like, bro, I read like eight chapters today. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I I can't I can't do it. I read like a paragraph. I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. Let me read that again. Astrophysics for people in a hurry sounds like it would be an easier read. You would think it's just uh, it's compressed and it hits all the big points and theories. But in order to understand the theories that are overarching, you need to get like some basic knowledge down. And the first three chapters are basic knowledge. The fourth one is the first one that really hit different. And I was like, damn, yo. I'm in, but then I'm still, I haven't read another chapter yet, so I don't know what that says. <laughs> but big astrophysics guy. You know, I bet you didn't know that about me. Did not. <laughs> I know you're a big not. Rick and Morty guy, so I could have I could have maybe figured that out. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> with the Pelicans, though, I'm trying to think about Zion Williamson here, and I'm thinking about the closing lineup, right? So one thing that has been true is how much more consistent they've been with Derek Favors, having a guy who can play like a more true center position, help them with rebounding, help them with defense. Because this team was really getting run off the court a little bit early in the year. And even though Lonzo and Drew are great defenders in the backcourt, their frontcourt lacked, right? 
what does Zion do for them defensively? And what position does he play closing games, do you think? Probably the four. I mean, he, he's going to be able to – he's certainly strong enough to match up with any bigs. And I think he has the athleticism to match up with smaller guys. The question is, is he going to be able to stay out of foul trouble if they start switching him onto guards? Is he going to be able to move his feet? Like, the 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 defensive lapses that young players have t- tend to be – uh, mental rather than physical, right? Like it, you always hear older players say, you know, if I know what I know now, when I was 21 years old, I, you know, it could have been so different for me and all all this stuff. That's, but that's growing pains. That's how you learn. That's, that's just kind of what's expected for every young player in the NBA. And you look at, you look at someone like, uh, like Alonzo who kind of like, he has a grasp on it early and he keeps getting better versus like a Carl Anthony Towns who was good in college and it just hasn't clicked for him in the NBA. And is that, an effort thing is it a mental thing he's certainly good at ending possessions with defensive rebounds but but teams like uh like people like him and Nikola Jokic are giving up uh layups at the rim at like an alarming rate but their teams are better with them on the floor defensively so are they like are they like deterring people from from going to dunk and take layups at the rim and that's where their power comes from or you know, are are they just getting lucky because teams are missing shots? It's all like a it's all like a real weird thing. So I I, I don't think he's going to be great, um, but I think they have to have him out there so he can learn. I mean, if you make the playoffs at this point, second to last in the league in, in the West, like that's found money. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. Like you need to invest in Zion. You know who else it's found money for? The NBA, because if Zion's in the yeah. playoffs. That one uh, eight matchup or the two seven matchup that normally is like you know eh, probably a four or five game series like not a big deal even though the Clippers gave the Warriors a little bit of a run last year Zion versus LeBron in the first round or Zion versus uh, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets in the first round that boosts the number up probably the Nuggets won more because the Nuggets aren't quite the draw the Lakers are obviously but the NBA would be big winners if Zion and the Pelicans make the playoffs and I, t- I tend to agree on. On the defensive stuff, it's not going to look pretty all the time, but there are going to be times it looks incredibly hot, incredibly sexy. Like it's going to be beautiful to watch him grab a rebound or block a shot, get out in transition and finish. And that first time there's an alley oop thrown up to him that he finishes in transition or half court, the entire NBA Twitter universe is going to hold their breath and then like just burst out and cheer. I'm going to freak out. So there it is, man. Thursday night. It's going to be electric. I uh, Where's the game being played, Duff? I know you checked before. Is it in New Orleans? Yeah, it's in New Orleans. Well, that's too much energy a, a city can handle in one week with the national Big championship week. on Monday. Oh, my God. It's going to be going crazy up in there. I mean, we used to joke with the Pelicans how you can get a, t- a ticket at the Pelicans Arena for less than a Chipotle burrito. I doubt that's the case for Thursday. I bet they have one of their most packed crowds, uh, maybe of all time, perhaps, yeah. in, in that arena. I mean, Let's not act like they don't need it, you know. Oh, two, two, yeah. Second year in a row that the football team's exiting the playoffs in a pretty uh, weird way. Ugly, ugly manner to say. The yeah, least. ugly, ugly. Sorry. Well, a Good team. New Orleans. Yeah, they deserve Good it. For you. A team <laughs> that hasn't been ugly though, for real. A team that has been playing beautifully as of late. Uh, and to pat myself and John Lucas Duffy on the back, pat pat. Mm-hmm. Um, we called it. We called it hardcore about this team, that they were about to go off. They had a very tough schedule in the beginning of the year, and we were looking at strength of schedule. We actually did a whole podcast on it, Duff. Frank was not there for that one. And we predicted the Jazz. 
are about, <laughs> the Jazz are about to turn the ship around. They're about to take off. They have an easy schedule. They're starting to figure it out. They have not been a start-fast team for like three or four years in a row. And now, look, nine wins in a row. There's one caveat. Michael Conley has been hurt for this stretch of wins, and some people are trying to blame or, I guess, credit or discredit him. I don't know exactly the right word for that, but basically saying the Jazz are playing well without him not in spite of oh in spite of him I don't know you know what I'm trying to say here basically the Jazz are doing well <laughs> without Mike Conley and that's a good thing and that basically that Matt Conley was hurting them while he was on the court I don't know if I could subscribe to that I'm gonna let you guys go first but the Jazz have been ridiculous Mitchell's on his way to an all-star appearance um, Bogdanovich is playing off off the charts Joe Ingles shooting is back up they look like the Jazz we saw last year. So what do you guys think? Is it about Conley not being out there, or do they just run into a good part of the schedule? I think it's a combination of both things, and I don't mean that as a slight to Mike Conley. I mean it more as a comment to Quinn Snyder. And just like the juicy squeezes out of role players, he seems to do it better than almost any, any other coach. Um, maybe Pop in his prime could do could do it but even pop was like more squeezing out of like Holy really man. great players yeah like quinn snyder's getting these guys that are you know getting discarded from by other teams like uh jay crowder and what, what are there only like two all-stars on the team are there any all-stars on the team one mike conley is maybe Conley's never won an all-star well mitchell's ne- yeah. conley's never been an all-star but mitchell didn't make it last year right and no. Gobert's never made it either, and no one else on that team would have yeah, gotten it. Yeah, I would say Gobert and Mitchell are all-star level players, just never made it. Mitchell's going to be an all-star yeah. this year for that, for sure. I think. Yeah, sure. I think. Yeah. I would agree. Um, but just his ability to put those players in places to succeed. Sorry, I don't know what that is. Um, don't let it happen again. Um, yeah, no, his, his ability <laughs> to put role players in positions to succeed and you know, do so successfully is, is unmatched in my opinion. And you kind of see that with Jordan Clarkson coming over and playing some good ball too, like right off the bat, like he seems like he just knows what to do with certain guys and he puts just enough on their plate for them to handle. And that's like the double-edged sword. I think that's partially why the team isn't as good with Mike Conley, because I think he expects a lot of Mike Conley. So there's a lot on his hypothetical plate. Mm, Interesting point. And yeah, I mean, that's a very heavy system team and he's coming into the, the point guard position, which is, you know, uh, offensively speaking, usually the most important in terms of running the offense, unless you're running through a star, which we kind of just hit on. They don't really have a star. I guess Donovan Mitchell is the star, but we've also seen the drawbacks of letting Mitchell have, you know, a 40% usage. You probably want him in that more like 20, high 20, 30, low 30 range usage at most rather than, you know, the Russell Westbrook, James Harden level usage, because he starts to make tough decisions. He isn't a huge player. He's more of a small guy who has power and strength, but you know, you don't want him handling the ball all game long. He needs a break. He needs to play off ball because he does other things well uh, as on top of it. So I, I, that's a really good point, Frank. I didn't really think about it quite like that with Mike Conley, but I do appreciate that point. Another guy to, to, to call out here is like a guy like Royce O'Neal, a guy who you could imagine on other teams falling out of a rotation like really easily because his numbers don't pop, but the Jazz and Quinn Snyder value what he does on uh, defense and in transition and moving the ball and knowing what to do uh, in the scheme of the offense that he consistently has minutes and he makes a lot of those minutes. So another a testament to Quinn Snyder and what he could do with a squad like that. For sure. 
<sighs> Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert has been the key to me. Okay. For this whole this whole run they've had, especially this 15 game run where they've just we you know we talked about it. Worst opponents, you know, they're peaking at the right time here. This is kind of like their get right stretch of their schedule. And uh, Gobert's averaging 15 and 15 in this in this stretch with two blocks and actually like a sneaky two assists, which is kind of cool. And he's obviously six sixty six percent from the field, like just always high numbers because he only dunks the ball, which is just great for him. And uh, <laughs> only nine field goal attempts. Nine field goal attempt, which is like really cool to average 15 points on less than double digit shooting. Russ Westbrook, take notes. But it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a cool um, thing to see. You know, I had like, I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast and you had Howard Beck on. What up, Beck? What and up, Beck? it was, what up, Beck? It was, it was, he was like, uh, I'm going to vote for Rudy Gobert as, as like a starting all star just to kind of like force the issue and like force people to look at those stats. Cause they're going to be surprised by my vote, but then they're going to see what this team has become and how he's been playing. And I was like, Beck, you're a weirdo. And then I looked up the stats and I was like, okay, Beck, I see. You. I know. <laughs> it, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Like this guy, I feel like he doesn't get a lot of respect from even his peers. Right. Cause or other coaches that he hasn't even made it as like a reserve, even though he's been a two time defensive player of the year. And like, it's either two or three times he's, he's made a, all NBA, like one of the top two teams in all NBA. So he's, he's been a top, 10 player he's been uh, a two-time all-nba so he's been a top 10 player in the nba top twice top 15 but i think one of them was uh at least one of them was second yeah last year was third because uh jokic, oh, third? Okay. jokic and Embiid. but yeah no it's great yeah, yeah, com- yeah. great company <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so he's been a top 15 player in the nba twice but he hasn't made an all-star game which which consists of like 25 players so yeah. like how does that happen yeah well uh, it's a good point. i mean Caveats out the ass. I don't want to go too crazy on it, but that all all NBA teams are positional, which all star teams are too. But it, pretty sure there's still more guards than. So you're saying well, because it specifies center. centers instead of front court, back court. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would throw Rudy Gobert in the top fifteen. Well, it's it's tricky because all star is guard forward and centers count as forwards, and then all NBA still has centers. So that's a little bit of a, a disconnect there. So it's a little easier for him to make All-NBA in that regard. But still, he he deserves an All-Star appearance. You don't yeah, win defensive. Yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel what you're saying. It's a good point. Like, you don't win Defensive Player of the Year two times and not be an All-Star level player. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. But usually, if you do that twice, like, think about Ben Wallace. Like, he, pro- I think he snuck an All-Star appearance in at some point. Did, like, didn't Tyson Chandler? Yeah, he snuck in an All-Star appearance. Like, if Tyson appearance. Chandler got one, how, how does Ruben? Rudy Gobert not good. I think it's coming Richard this year. David Lee had several. He had several. He, he, averaged a, he averaged a double-double for the Knicks and made the All-Star team. That's why I thought Randall. I thought Randall had a chance, but he started so soft. Though. But we'll get, we'll get to stuff like that later. Uh, one thing you David guys Lee, forgot. David Lee, All-Star. One Rudy thing Gobert, you, zero. David Lee, twice? Was one, were they both with the Knicks out of curiosity? Does it say? I don't know. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Well, why, why you? The Knicks won with the Warriors. Good for 20, them. 20, 12-2013 season, where he averaged 18 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, it's a good season. Yeah, you know, solid. Well, one thing you guys forgot about the Jazz, and uh, I'm going to r- remind you all exactly what happened here with the Utah Jazz and why they have gone off since one specific thing happened. And no, it's not Mike Conley's injury. No, it's not Joe Ingles shooting a uh, hot streak. It is the is re- it that man with the hairline? No, it's the release of Jeff Green. 
the one role oh, player. Oh, the, one, the one role player. <laughs> exercising your demons. That's what I'm wow. saying. The one role player that not even Quinn Schneider can get winning basketball out of. Unfortunately, wow. this man needs to be a 13th or 14th man on a roster, yet every team he goes to, he becomes the 8th man, if not higher, playing pretty serious minutes and not making winning basketball plays. I hate it because you know I'm a person who always gives the benefit of the doubt to human beings. But I'm not talking about Jeff Green as a human being. People seem to like him. That's why he keeps getting contracts. He has some uh, eye-level talent where if you watch him move and play, that guy has clear talent and uh, athletic ability. But he doesn't make winning basketball plays. And another guy who I thought was uh, Jeff Green light is Jordan Clarkson. But no, Quinn Schneider can get winning basketball plays out of Jordan Clarkson. So Jeff Green gets taken out of 15 <laughs> minutes a game, and boom, the Jazz's plus-minus net rating, all that crap, skyrockets because that guy does not make winning basketball plays and it hurts to say that some of my friends make fun of me because how much i always shit on jeff green but he's not a winning basketball player and he always gets a lot of minutes it bothers me but the jazz figured it out and look at them now somewhere ryan rosillo is sweating heavily yeah, yeah, he's so, Jeff, Ryan Russell is playing my take on repeat because he's so thrilled that someone else hates Jeff Green as much as him. No, he's a Jeff Green apologist. That's no, why he's no, no, he is. Or oh, he's making fun of people that are. Yes, okay. Yeah, he's not a Jeff okay, Green apologist. Okay. He, he makes fun of people. He, I think he's a Rodney Hood apologist though, or something like that. Okay. One of, he has a he has an apology for somebody in the Jeff Green ilk, but not Jeff Green. <laughs> okay i think at least yeah. i don't know you can never tell with his sarcasm sometimes yeah either way it's funny <laughs> yo speaking of uh like just just uh one thing he brought up like jazz like the jazz fan base on twitter just so fucking annoying and and you're just gonna complain when rudy gobert doesn't win the all-star uh doesn't get doesn't make it on the all-star team again this year like how about you shell out some fucking votes like all of you can vote 10 times uh 10 times a day yeah, where where are these votes? Why is Taco Fall getting more votes than Rudy Gobert? I'm putting oh. this squarely shoulders. I voted for Taco Utah. Fall. Can I put something else? Can I put something else That's to bed point, here? Though. Can I put something else to bed here? This is something I get passionate about every single year, and I think if you go back to the two podcasts right before All Stars this time, the past two years, I have made the same exact point. This All Star vote from the fans, don't get mad about it. Just just get over it. All they need to do. <laughs> Is get the top, the no, top no, no, two or three. Get wait, hold on, let me finish here. Get the top two or three at each position correct, which they mostly do. They almost ninety nine percent of the time, the top two or three guys, depending on guard or forward for each each conference, who make it off the vote are proper all stars. They're supposed to be there. Sometimes you get a Kobe Bryant who's hurt who makes it. I'll ha- that's fine. I get that. That or makes like sense. Or Kyrie Irving. Or Kyrie Irving. That's even that yeah, is I'm fine. Mean, Don't get a- mad about. Alex Caruso or Taco Fall for being sixth and Damian Lillard is seventh. Like, don't get mad at it. It doesn't matter. They're not going to be all-stars. Fans are stupid. When are you going to realize that fans are dumb? And if you're a fan who voted for Taco Fall and wasn't being sarcastic, you're dumb too. All right? I'm just memeing, bro. But you're memeing, Frank. You do it with your tongue in cheek. I get it. But, like, people get so worked up on Twitter about, oh, how can Alex Caruso be the sixth leading guard and freaking Bradley Beal's seventh? Like, what the hell? I'm like, dude, just find something else to complain about because that bothers the hell out of me. Oh, my God. And seriously, if you're mad that, like, that Dame Lillard, and you're a Blazers fan, and, like, Dame Lillard doesn't have as many votes as Caruso, like, blame yourself and all your friends for not voting enough. Yeah. That's solely on like your fan base can easily 
can easily correct the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get that off my chest. It bought every single year. I, I, wait, I look on Twitter and I see some of these people. How and does, the fan vote doesn't even does matter. Taco fall like, like the, the votes? To whoever gets like the top vote in each conference, like that's really all that counts. Yeah. Like look at how many votes Luca got last year and he didn't even make the all-star team. Right. Cause you, cause they're still, the reserves are picked by the coaches. Uh, and even now the fan vote only counts for 50%. 25% goes to the no, writers. I think it's only 20. It, or is oh, it, it is 50%. I don't know. It could be wrong, but it only counts for a percentage. And then another percentage goes yeah. to the writers. Another percentage goes to the players. So you know what? Like, stop. Just complain about something else. There's plenty of other stuff to complain about. Come Go on. yell at those other clouds. Yeah, for sure. Jeez Louise. All right. The jazz man. Let's let's go jazz. You know, I, I am kind of a jazz guy at, at heart. So let me just recap this real quick. They are now twenty seven and twelve. A fake Nick fan and a real jazz fan. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> they're they're twenty seven <laughs> and twelve. They're tied for the second seed with the Nuggets, currently sitting in third due to like tie breaks or whatever. Um and it, the seeding, as we've talked about in the Western Conference, is so uber important especially for the jazz and the nuggets teams who in theory really really need that home court advantage so the jazz are now in third they're above the rockets they're above the clippers they're above the mavericks and that is damn impressive and damn important for a team like the jazz so shout out to them and i think they're going to keep this thing rolling and if you're the clippers and rockets man you're going to start looking at the standings and being like damn they don't want to play one another. The Clippers and Rockets do not want to play one another in the first round. You'd much rather play the Mavericks, the Thunder, or the Grizzlies, or the Spurs, or whoever makes the eight seed. So shout out to the Jazz. They're taking care of business, and Rockets, Clippers, take note because you don't want to be in the 4-5 when you can be top three. Agreed. And also note, if you're 4-5... Most likely, if it stays as it is, you play the Lakers in round two, and you also don't want that. You want the Lakers in round three. So that 2-3 seed, if the Lakers maintain a stranglehold on the one, becomes ultra, ultra important. I can't stress it enough. All right. Well, that's good stuff. Utah Jazz, shout out. Sports Blog New York podcast. Uh, we're talking NBA here with the NBA Outsiders, myself, Pete Kennedy, John Lucas Duffy, and Frank Villani. A couple more quick topics for you guys here on our first episode of 2020. If you like what you've been hearing, uh, don't feel bashful. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast, especially drop those five stars in. Tell us what you think about the podcast, what you want to hear more of, what you like, what you don't like. We love nothing more than to hear from you guys on Apple Podcast app and all those other places you listen to podcasts. But the next topic, I'm going to give it off to John Lucas Duffy uh, and your Philadelphia 76ers. All right. So here, just just real quick, just a real quick two-minute just venting session on the Sixers. They're currently fifth in the Eastern Conference. They're 25 and 15. I feel like they've dropped at least five games that are just pure horseshit or they just weren't trying. Games they should have won against bad teams, blown 20-point leads in the fourth quarter, like just some bullshit. Uh, and we talked about like uh, you know an 82 game team versus a 16 game team. They think they're a 16 game team. I've decided I don't care about anything that happens in the regular season anymore. I don't care. I j- they just need to make it to the playoffs, and I think they'll they're going to be fine. They're g- I'm talking myself into it. I'm coming full circle on this team right now. I was trying to tell you last time we potted. They're going to be fine. They're they're like three and zero or four and zero against the Celtics and Bucks. I'm not worried about any other team in the Eastern Conference beating them. I, I, I'm full circle on this team right now. They like they they put the beat down on the Celtics after being down like almost 20 points in the first half without Joel Embiid. They come back, they win that game. I think last season in the playoffs, the the statistic that was most slept on, I brought it up in this podcast a million times, 
the Sixers were like plus 98 with Embiid in the game. They're like minus 112 with them out of the game against the Raptors in that seven-game series. They get Al Horford. They figure some stuff out on defense, and they just said, you know what? You know, screw just scoring points. We don't care. We don't care about scoring points. We don't care about Ben Simmons shooting. I don't even care. I hope he only takes lefty layups for the rest of the season. I don't care. Because I know <laughs> when it comes to when they play the Celtics, when they play the Bucks, they have the size to match up against the best teams in the East, and that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters in my mind. Can I? Oh, also, Pete brought up a great, great point yesterday morning. He texts, he fires off a, a Sunday text at 6.30 in the morning like a psycho. About, <laughs> and he goes, the Sixers should sign J.R. Smith. <laughs> I roll out of bed at 12.30, and I'm just like, yeah, sure. And then I just thought about it for the rest of the day. I love it. Inject him into this offense, please. I bet you he, he gets Ben Simmons to just act a fool and start pulling up. Like, I, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to just before we go back on the JR tangent I just wanted to say or add to this I think partially or not even partially why I agree with you and why I was so high on the Sixers preseason I made them my uh, finals winner um, is because they are unique in a way that no other team is, I think beyond, you know, like the uniqueness of Giannis, right? No other team has that, but I'm saying as a team, they have a uniqueness that I don't think any other team has. And it's their ability to actually just turn it on defensively. Um, and like when they're, when they're going hundred percent on defense, like they did against the bucks and Celtics, there is, zero scoring in the paint or zero easy scoring in the paint. Like you got to be Kyrie esque or something like that to get a clean shot off in the paint against these guys. And I think that speaks to your point about them being a six game, 16 game team and not having to worry about the regular season. Like they have a really unique ability and I think they don't want to show that card too much. They're kind of like a wild card, right? They don't want to show it too much. I've just transcended any, any like, any takes about this team, I've just fully transcended them. I'm just boiling the season down into four games that have been played against the Celtics and Bucks, and I'm saying this is this is what it is. We're fine. We're but fine. Is, even but if like, we lose um, against the even, Bucks in Milwaukee, even if we lose against the Bucks in Milwaukee, and it's just like close, if it's within like 10, 12, 15 points, I'll talk myself into it. I don't care. But I don't think that's crazy. I'm I don't fine. think that's crazy because on a, on a mass scale, those are the games that – everyone cares about nobody cares about a random fucking tuesday night in detroit or a random wednesday night in fucking orlando you know you know what i mean poor yeah, orlando. i don't care poor orlando. there's a reason there's a reason microscopes are put on those yeah, games for sure there is, there's a reason also poor orlando every time you talk about a game that doesn't matter to anybody we always say you know like if they're playing orlando <laughs> on a thursday <laughs> orlando, orlando, like, orlando like, magic be... have have won every single game against the sixers for the past decade it feels like <laughs> at this point like <laughs> it, it doesn't matter it doesn't they matter be, they we could be the one seed in the, the regular season we they could be the one seed in the east right now whatever to 40, go 45 and 0. And yeah, and nobody would give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No one would care. They'd be like, wow, those orange jerseys are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with Why their orange jerseys? Are, are they the Suns? Did the Magic become the Suns? It's weird. Are, yeah, they, are the they combining? Are those they... jerseys are horrible. <laughs> also, the Magic, uh, they're not even the Magic anymore to me. The Magic are just Markel Fultz. And yeah. I know he's he's not even the best player on their team, but it doesn't matter. He's becoming Jonathan it. Isaac's not there anymore. Right. Well, yeah, and he's well, beca- he's, he's there, been doing he's well. There. Shout out to Markel Fultz. He's actually been playing better. Good for him. Um, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> also, Duff, the more the more you say, I'm fine. We're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. We're fine. I'm fine. We're we're fine. We're fine. Like it's fine. so the, obviously fine. The more you say it, the crazier and the less fine you seem. <laughs> I'm, I've transcended all concern about this team. I'm fine. I'm You're done fine. being worried. I'm fine. We're fine. Like until they prove to me in the, the playoffs that they're not fine. Like we're fine. All right, you're you're fine. You're fine. The season's fine until we're not playing anymore. Yeah. But if we're not playing in June, like it's fine. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. That's so great. That's a good. That's a good topic right there. I'm glad you brought that one up. You though. might that's have to stuff. unfollow on all social media stuff. <laughs> and then wait a quick a quick callback though to to Duffy saying Jr. Smith's gonna make Ben Simmons act a fool and just start pulling up. That's one of the lines of the podcast right there. I love that line right there. Yeah, no, it's just a fact. Sure. Like inject team swish into my veins. Ben like, Simmons is gonna Jersey start looking. Guy. Ben Simmons is gonna start looking at Jr. Like, yo, he could shoot ten times a game from out there. Fuck it, I'm about to start pulling. Unconscious. He airballed nine times. The tenth's going in. Yeah. It's going in. Like, <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. I'm fine. We're fine. (laughs) I don't like to do this often, but uh, did you guys see the barstool thing about an entire team sliding into some ladies' DMs? I saw something about it. Didn't read it. So some Australian like supermodel lady, and the guy. I read the thing just for shits and giggles. It was funny, and he put a bunch of teams out there, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, it's probably a rugby team or a soccer team or this, that, and the other." But he's like, "My bet is if it's an American sports team, it's Sixers." (laughs) <laughs> because he's like that girl had to go to the hospital for dehydration during Jenner's birthday party, which Ben Simmons was at. So, <laughs> which, which to me that that kind of adds sixteen game team thing, you know? Oh my Definitely. god, that's great. That's good <laughs> stuff right there. Oh my god. All right. Well, look, let- hey, if they're all doing that, like I love that confidence. <laughs> that's a, they did it as a team too, you know? Like that's you got to be bros to be doing that. Yeah. That's just team bonding. Like that's exactly. all that is. That's just hey, team bonding. Don't, always being boys. Don't mess up and say bondage. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're, fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. This podcast is fine. We're not canceled yet. It's fine. We're fine. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh <laughs> keep going with this podcast here. Got a couple more topics to, to hammer home here. And uh something we're gonna go. We're actually gonna hit up Duffy with a Life Comes At You Fast Award in a moment. Oh so, wait, we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got so, we got one more. When you standing, standing, yeah, up? yeah, I was getting there. I was getting there. I was getting All there. All right, come on, let's go. I was say, Let's so stay there, tuned. I'm giving you a tease, bro. I'm letting, I'm trying to build up your, your set, your, uh, your segment. Okay, bro. full disclosure in that, in that rant I just had, I totally forgot when my life comes out. You found well, you have, you have um, a moment to yeah. think about it because yeah, I gave you a tease, bro. I'm trying to yeah, set you, you, know, you up. You just have to collect yourself. People, general, people be waiting. People be waiting for life comes at you fast, man. They want to hear it at the end. I was trying to remind people that it's coming, but we have one more segment first. And the segment coming up is standing standouts. NBA Outsiders standing standouts highlights a team that either has been very hot or very not, or a team to keep an eye on in the standings for the next 10 games or so. So, for example, the Jazz are not one because we just talked about them, but... 
if we didn't, we would say the Jazz are a standing standout because they're on a nine-game win streak, and that's damn impressive. So a team with a win streak, a lose streak, or a team that's about to flip the damn switch. So, uh, Duff, since you just went with your segment, I'll just start this one off, um, and I'll go with my standing standout here, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. John Morant is looking like the rookie of the year. Should be a lock, even if the guy we talked about earlier, Zion Williamson, comes back. John might have the upper hand based off of what he's been able to do for this Grizzlies team this uh, thus far. They are now currently the 8th seed in the Western Conference. Now, when we were talking about the 8th seed in the Western Conference, we talk about uh, the Blazers, the Suns, the Spurs, not the Memphis Grizzlies, but this team's playing with grit. They're playing with grind, just like the old school Grizzlies. And John Morant's got this team cooking. I actually caught a game of theirs about a week ago, and their energy's unreal. They have confidence. A guy like Jay Crowder doing some really nice things for them with a little veteran leadership and ability to perform. I love the Grizzlies right now. Standings stand out. Shout out Memphis Grizzlies. Seven out of ten wins. Bring it, Memphis. Let's go. All right, Frank, who you got for your standing standout? All right, so my standing standout uh, is definitely not a last 10 standing standout because they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10, so nothing really right about there. But it is the Timberwolves. Uh, it's currently sitting at 15-23. and 23. Uh, They're the 12 seed right now. Obviously not out of it. But um, I'm not even going to make a prediction on which way they will trend, but the implications for what happens, you know, in the next 15 games. Uh, if they stay at 500 for the next 15 games, uh, I truly believe that they will be looking to sell or at least change something up. I don't know if it's Carl Anthony Towns. That's the name that's been rumored. Um, but I think that has, you know, major splash in the NBA if Carl Anthony Towns finds, his, finds himself on a new team come trade deadline. Uh, obviously, the opposite end of the spectrum is... You know, the eight seed is only 18 and 22 right now. So what, they're two and a half back yep. or two back. Um, obviously not insurmountable. Uh, playoffs still well within sights. So if they can turn around, play like they did at the beginning of the season, specifically like the first 10 games, um, then, you know, all, all worries aborted and you know, by next year, people will be like, remember when they were thinking about shipping Carl Anthony Towns? That was wild, you know? Um, that 8 to me, 14 in the West is so gross. It's so gross. It's it's looking like the 8th seed in the East did for a little while. For real. And you, wait, you must caveat, too, Towns has been a little banged up. He's missed a, a number of games uh, in that recent stretch where they haven't turned anything back on. But somebody, the lone bright spot of the Timberwolves, Jared Culver, starting to, starting to do some things on the court. Yeah. Oh, so just a couple of games, though, to highlight on, right? Like, the enigma that is the Timberwolves. They lost by two to the Bucks. They lost by six to the Cavaliers. They beat the Nets. And then, like, they beat the Rockets, the Timberwolves. Like, it's, I, I just, like I kind of said at the beginning, I'm not going to try to predict which direction this team is going to go because they truly are kind of enigmatic. But it's good. Which, yeah. No, that's a great point. Like, they're the team that the next 15 games probably matter, like, maybe more so than anybody else in regards of where are they going. You know, like a team like the Suns, like, they're not trading Devin Booker, no chance in France. Uh, but 
the Timberwolves are a team that could make a big move. Like the Grizzlies aren't trading John ja, ja Morant. Like they're supposed to be bad. Like it doesn't matter. Pelicans aren't making crazy swings because they're trying to win. The Timberwolves, though, if they really fall out and just keep losing, they can make a big move. And that's why the next ten games, which Frank actually so eloquently pointed out in that open right there, Frank, very well done. It, it, that's why it's so important for them. No, for sure. All right, for my standing standout, it's actually a preemptive standing standout. I'm, I'm looking into the future. I, I see the Brooklyn Nets are 18 and 20. Kyrie Irving just came back into the lineup. I'm predicting they, they're coming off a win against the Hawks, big win, and uh, by 22, big win. Uh, and I'm predicting they're going to go on like a like a seven and three in their next ten type of run here, and they're gonna they're gonna start to make a push for like the six seed. They're moving. I pred- I see the Nets moving up the standings. It's either going to be that or Spencer Dinwiddie is going to like choke out Kyrie Irving in the locker room. Like it's not, it's, <laughs> I so no hope it's the latter. No in between. Well, preemptive <laughs> no standing and out Brooklyn Nets. In, in the in the good sign portion of that uh, on Twitter, when Kyrie Irving was announced to make his return, Spencer Dinwiddie quoted the tweet and put the meme from Avengers where uh, Thor shows up and Don Cheadle's character, what's his name in in the in, in Avengers? He's in the uh, Iron Man Dutch suit. Don, Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle's character in <laughs> Avengers where he plays the Iron Man Hulk dude. Uh, he quoted that and with the, the quote from the movie, wow, you guys are really screwed now. So, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie getting behind the Kyrie coming back. Spencer Dinwiddie actually started at shooting guard next to Kyrie Irving. I think that's a good idea because uh, in the beginning of the season, Dinwiddie was coming off the bench, which he's done so well with in that role in the past. But maybe with Kyrie... You want that second playmaker, take some pressure off Kyrie, make sure he doesn't have the ball for 70% of his possessions. Like, I think it's, I think there's some good things here. Maybe the Nets were able to find themselves while Kyrie was originally out. They started to fall off, but now they got that reinsertment of an all-star and possibly Hall of Fame level player in Kyrie Irving. Maybe it's the perfect formula they needed to get back on track. Duff, fantastic standing standout. Standout, standing standout pretty anthem. Okay. Uh, wrap it up real quick. I have a, I got two. I actually now had, I had one and then I had zero. Now I have two life comes at you fast forwards. My first one is for the New York Knicks fans. So Uh-oh. it has been rumored that Andre Drummond, oh, the Knicks are looking at Andre no. Drummond. Not happening. To, <sighs> no, now here's the thing. I Knicks just got fans, anxiety. Knicks fans, hear me out. You're only seven and a half games back the eighth seat. Oh my you get God. Andre Drummond, you're right in the mix. Stop. Come on. Spot the lie. Uh, the lie Spot is that lie. Andre Drummond's a winning basketball player that does good things on the court other than rebound. Come Absolute, on now. Like a defensive juggernaut. No, he is not. It's skilled. He pulls up from three The now. Knicks like, don't stop need another doing this. big man who can't shoot. <laughs> You're Just being stop. so sarcastic right now. It stop. hurts my face. I'm so, you know I didn't, what? I take back Life what I comes said you about fast. the you guys, you guys have been doing nothing. Like, there's just nothing. The Knicks have not been in the media even a little bit. Good. And now this guy, like, Andre Drummond trade buzz. It's just so absurd. Yeah. It's life the comes worst. Just like, just when you think it's you hit worst. rock bottom, life comes at you fast. It's the worst. So, okay. all right, tough. <laughs> Wait, my second hold, life comes hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not ready for to move that one on yet. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for highlighting your sarcasm there because for a minute you were making me really nervous. And I appreciate that that's uh, that take instead of being mad at you, filled with anxiety. That was a good life comes at you fast. It was funny, and I'm laughing even though I sound upset still. Uh, but <laughs> it's fine. Even it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. You're We're laughing. fine. It's fine. So Andre Drummond, <laughs> the Knicks better not 
effing trade for Andre Drummond. That would be horrible, even though there is some cap flexibility you could I could talk myself into. He's expiring after Stop. this year. I'm he not even going there. He only has like $28 million left on his contract. But yeah, he only has next one year. more year after next year. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not even Wait, trying to talk myself. one more after next year? No, after this year. Sorry. He has one oh, more okay. year after this year. So I'm not going there. Not going there. But what makes me feel good and how life is coming at me slowly for the Knicks, which is how I wanted to come at me very slowly, the Knicks actually waived their two-way player, Yvonne Robb, who has been a nobody since he got drafted a couple of years back, and signed a new two-way player off their own G League team who has been an Instagram and Twitter sensation of sorts amongst Knicks fans the past like two weeks, and that's Kenny Wooten out of Oregon. Guy He's an athletic, athletic freak. Woot, woot. He's an athletic freak. He could block shots. He could rebound. He could run the floor. Uh, I'm excited. He's not going to be a great impactful player, I'm sure, right away. But the fact that they're saying, you know what? we got to make sure we get this guy before somebody else does. We're not trading for Andre Drummond. We'll get this young guy. Life's coming at us slowly, Knicks fans. Coming at us slowly. We're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> fine. It's all fine. All right. And then my second, my second life comes at you fast is, is myself. So we've been sitting here doing this podcast for like the past hour and we're running a little long here, but I think Pete will get a kick out of this. So I had absolutely no intention of gambling on the national championship game tonight. Zero. There's nothing in my account. I'm not even logged in. I've been taking a hiatus. And then I, and then I get a text from one of our friends, Pete, who's at, who's at a state. And he was like, I need you to put, and he's, this guy's done this to me before, but he always pays up if he loses. He's at a state. And he was like, he was like, I need you to put money on the game for me tonight. I'm out of state. I need $25, $25 on Joe Burrow to score the first touchdown. So he oh has like God. Joe Burrow rushing to score the first touchdown. And then, which is like plus 1200. So that's, that's a, that's a like $300 payout. <laughs> then he, then you can't do like the game parlays anymore where you have like, you know, LSU to cover and the over. So we had me make separate bets of $50 each for that. And then I threw some money down on my own, you know, long story short, I'm now, I now have $200 on this game. I had zero <laughs> at the start of this podcast. I have $200 on the national championship game tonight. That's great. Life comes at you fast though. This is just pray for your boy. So we're, we're, I'm really leaning into the Tigers. I did not bet the over and I have like some just random LSU receiver to score the first touchdown. Do you want to change your pre-show pick now? Absolutely not. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Let's go. <laughs> or if you're listening to this and Clemson won, I'm, I'm now poor. I started this podcast rich. I'm not poor. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is so good. Um, all right. That's good stuff right there, Duff. And also, the best part about you making those uh, bets now at the end of this podcast, it's currently 8.09 p.m. on Monday night. So the game did not start yet while we were recording as we speak right now. But as people are listening to this, this game is history. It's long gone. It's over. And uh, they'll now know if Joe Burrow scored that first touchdown, you're going to be very hyped. And if your bets hit, Duff. It'll be very fun to hear about it. I was going to say, it's 8.09. Like, I could have won or lost, like, three of those bets already. Yes, 100%. But, no, the game didn't start. (laughs) The game starts at 8.20 or 8.15, actually. Okay. okay, Kick off off 8.15, so we're good. And uh, that's a perfect time to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Sports Blog New York podcast, NBA Outsiders Edition. I'm Pete Kennedy. Uh, John Lucas Duffy and Frank Villani co-hosting with me, as always. And, uh, guys, we kind of did our Any Last Words segment with the, the standing standouts. But any last words for the Sports Blog New York podcast? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Well played. (laughs) Enjoy the game. Trevor Lawrence looks like a girl. (laughs) Signing off. Have a good one.